newsletter, September 2022. My progressed sun changes signs. Am I now an Aries? Now, development over time astrology, the kind of astrological work some people call predictive, has a whole lot of moving parts. Transits, progressions, solar arcs are enough to keep most of us busy, both as astrologers as we try to keep track of them, and even more so simply as human beings as we live them out. In every chart, there's always a whole lot going on all the time. In other words, too much, really, for the human mind to collate. Part of the art of surfing these waves of astrological complexity lies in taking a first-things-first approach. Don't sweat the small stuff until you've sweated over the big stuff. And when it comes to the big stuff, there's nothing bigger than the progressed sun. The progressed sun is the evolving self. As it moves through the chart, ever so slowly the lessons of life make it through our thick skulls and become part of what we are. We change at the most fundamental level. Now, of all the things the progressed sun can do, the most important ones are when it switches from one sign to another or from one house to another. A really close second would be when it forms a conjunction with a natal planet, followed down the poker hand of the rest of the aspects the progressed sun might make. Any one of these events is virtually guaranteed to change the direction of your life. On August 13th, For only the third time in all my years in this world, my progressed son entered a new sign. I will say a bit more about that at a personal level after a while. Right now, I want to start by speaking more generally, hoping to set out a few ideas that will be useful to you when your own son goes through such changes or when you're helping someone else go through them. First of all, My computer lies to me with great authority, telling me that my son progressed into Aries on August 13th, 2022 at precisely 8.46 in the morning Pacific Daylight Time. Your own computer will lie to you with very similar authority. At the risk of winning Astro Nerd of the Year, let me point out what that date and time actually mean. And it's that the center of my progressed sun's disk crossed the Aries line in that moment. The point is the sun is actually a circle in the sky. Ask any kid in kindergarten, when you draw the sun, it's a circle, not a dot. It's actually about half a degree wide. And one more fact, by progression, the sun advances by about one degree per year. That means that by progression, it takes the sun about half a year to drift half a degree to drift across any sign frontier. It's like slowly pushing a coin across a line you've drawn with a ruler on a piece of paper. It does not happen in an instant. That means that my progressed sun actually began entering Aries, made first contact with the Aries cusp, in other words, three months or so before August 13th. That happened in mid-May. That's when the leading edge of the sun first kissed 
Aries. At the other end, it'll finally drag its tail over the line in about mid-November, three months or so after the center of the disk made the crossing. Then I will be fully in Aries. This intersign period of about six months, which applies to everybody, is actually quite real in its subjective impact. You have a sense of being caught between two worlds. Now, as we've seen, Assuming that the sun advances one degree per year is a neat form of shorthand for figuring out its motion. It's pretty close to true. The same method works well for the solar arcs uh, also, since they are synchronized with the sun. Now, you can cure insomnia by doing calculations in your head that way, seeing what was going on astrologically by solar progression or by solar arc when you met Mr. or Ms. Wrong, you know, for one example. Even though the competition for this prize is fierce, let me honor my new Aryan competitive warrior status by making a second bid for Astro Nerd of the Year. Here it comes. In the Northern Hemisphere winter, Earth is actually a little bit closer to the sun than it is in the summer. I know that's totally counterintuitive, but it's true. Things make a lot more sense in the Southern Hemisphere, where we're closest to the central fire when we're actually warmest. But one effect of this astronomical fact is that being closer to the sun, the Earth is actually moving faster in its orbit in January than it is in June. This means that if you were born in the northern winter, your sun actually progresses a little faster than one degree per year. Born in the northern summer, it'll slow it down a bit. When you're young, the difference doesn't really amount to much. But as you get older, it can start to pile up. For example, when my son entered Aries last month, I was 73 years, 7 months, and 6 days old. By then, my son had actually progressed 74 degrees, 17 minutes, a little further than one degree per year. Nerd of the year material, maybe, but it counts in a practical way when you're thinking about aspects. If I calculated them by one degree per year, my timing would now be off by eight or nine months. One degree per year works in your head when you're wrestling with a sleepless night. But as professional astrologers, we need to be more precise. So what does all of this mean? How do we interpret the sun entering a new sign? So far, this has all been astronomy. But what does it mean astrologically? Let me make three points. Number one, at the deepest evolutionary level, when the sun enters a new sign, your soul is simply invited to learn a different set of lessons. What used to work for you will not work anymore. What made you straight A's in English class will not help you much as you face algebra, in other words. To stay in harmony with your higher evolutionary calling in life, you need to start doing things differently. You might, for one concrete example, go from needing to learn about surrender and acceptance, Pisces, to learning about assertiveness and the right use of competitive energy, Aries. Call that number one. Number two, because of synchronicity, you will begin to attract fresh circumstances, people, and experiences to yourself. 
situations which are consistent with the evolutionary intentions of the new sign and which support you in maybe learning them. This adds a predictive element to the sun entering a new sign. As astrologers, we can anticipate a few things about the nature of the new playing field that anyone will be encountering. Finally, number three, one result of snowballing the previous two statements together is that your personality itself begins to change as you adapt to the new possibilities. Experience shapes us, and different experiences shape us differently. Now, this transitional time, especially that six months or so when the sun is still physically crossing the sign line, it's always tricky. For a while, you're sort of new wine, but still in the old bottle. Habits that have served you well need to be questioned, but naturally, they still grab the steering wheel from time to time. That's why we call them habits. Now, here's a, a quick sketch of how all of this has worked for me in practice over the years. In writing about personal experiences here, I'm really just trying to flesh out these abstract ideas with a human story. It's the principles behind the events that are the real message. Now, on January 18th, 1963, when I was just 14 years old, my son progressed out of Capricorn and into Aquarius. I'd been raised in a fairly conventional way, and as a Capricorn, that social training took pretty easily. Right around that time, though, by chance, in quotes, I learned palmistry, which soon led me to astrology. But I would not have gotten into astrology if it were not for amateur astronomy. And right about that time, a kind uncle figure named Marty Bresnik helped me build my first serious telescope, a six-inch reflector. Underlying all this, the point, my Aquarian individuation had begun. Try being a science nerd, which is basically what I was then, who believes in palmistry and astrology. Who's going to invite you to their party? Who even knows how to talk to you? Aquarian fashion, I was getting used to thinking outside the usual boxes. A spooky and very outlaw kind of Aquarian story unfolded in my life around the time my son progressed into Aquarius too. A psychotic neighbor in my New York apartment building told my mother that he planned to murder me. Quite literally. I might add, Pluto was transiting over my midheaven-Saturn conjunction at that time, too. Now, I suspect this guy was meddling sexually with his daughters, uh, which I further suspect was projection on his part. I had never touched them. They were friends, but that's all. But one of them was busted for prostitution a few years later, which gives me a little evidence. In any case, the upshot of this death threat this interaction with an outlaw, uh, was that I was sent for my own safety to a fundamentalist religious school for two years. Again, talk about Aquarian alienation. I was getting judging Jesus shoved up my nose all the while I was reading Aldous Huxley, Edgar Cayce, and astrophysics, plus practicing palmistry, 
and worried that a crazy man was going to kill me. Now, I, I do have a Mercury-Mars conjunction straddling that Aquarian cusp, which complicates the Sun's entry into Aquarius. It conjuncted those two planets, too, around the same. Again, astrology is always multifactorial. Bottom line, though, I view the entry of my progressed Sun into Aquarius as, among other things, my initiation into my astrological career. It had to start off with me getting comfortable with an outsider identity, and it worked. My progressed son left Aquarius and entered Pisces, August 22, 1992. By then, I was 43 years old. This transition was one of the most vivid internal astrological experiences I've ever had, almost like a rebirth. With the sun in Aquarius, I had developed a chip on my shoulder about being an astrologer. I loved astrology, but I felt that I always had to be ready to defend myself about it. And often that was actually true. Astrology was a lot more controversial in those days, plus the process of individuation, Aquarius always involves some tension with the mainstream of society. Then when the sun crossed into Pisces, my whole attitude changed. I found that instead of expecting people to challenge me or to be dismissive of me, I instead began to expect them to be interested and open about what I did. And it worked. I relaxed. I took myself more lightly. Now, Aquarian fashion, I had had to learn about defending my individuality. Now, Pisces fashion, I needed to learn about love and oneness. I needed to get over myself. People really began to be nicer to me about being an astrologer around that time. About that latter point, somebody might say, Steve, really, it was all in your head. You just loosened up and started seeing people differently. They didn't change. You did. To that, I would say, yes, indeed, that's undoubtedly right. But that's how synchronicity works. It was all in my head, but it was not just in my head. It was happening out there in the world, too. That's because in synchronicity, your head and the world are not actually as different as we are taught to think they are. One always reflects the other. Other events in my life echoed all these changes. Of course, synchronicity strikes again. My astrological practice really took off. I began traveling to teach a lot more widely. Book sales were brisk. Synchronistically, right about this time, Jeff Green and I began working together, emerging as the Pluto brothers. Uh, we did not create the name, but others kind of labeled us that way, understandably. Uh, the fusion of our methods and maybe more importantly, our audiences triggered an explosion in the popularity of evolutionary astrologer. I sort of transitioned into that Piscean fantasy land of fame. I, I'm putting the word in quotes, but there it is. I, I became friends with stars in various fields. I hung out with Sting and Trudy over in the UK. A former secretary of the treasury came to hear me lecture once, and afterwards we shared dinner on our laps, yakking about sailboats. I, I never named my clients without their permission, but let's just say I had the private phone numbers of a long Hollywood A-list. As the sun progressed into Pisces, 
My spiritual life also deepened. I had the blessing of meeting more Buddhist teachers, for example, reflecting that mystical drift. My astrological work had always been metaphysical, but now it became more so. I began to develop the deeper nodal theories that have been so central to the work of the second half of my life. The roots of them are actually all there in the inner sky, which came out way back in 1984, but my understanding grew, and reflecting these archetypal shifts. I, I simply let go of any Aquarius the scientist pretensions and eased into simply being the Piscean mystic. Under Aquarius, I'd often had thoughts about maybe going to graduate school in psychology, becoming a respectable Dr. Forrest. Under Pisces, those thoughts just went poof. I was not going to become an academic. I was a water sign now, not an air sign. I wasn't living in my head anymore. Now, outside of astrology, my then wife, Jody, had published her Rhymer and the Ravens trilogy, a long, winding tale about fairies, elves, and Vikings. I began writing and performing fantasy rock operas with a band, you know, based on her books, with our bands, actually, in Central North Carolina. What could be more Piscean? Music and fairy tales, theatrical performances, uh, naked hippies dancing in the moonlight, you know, quite literally. Naturally, I could write a lot more about these two progressed sun volumes of my life, but I'm hoping that what I've sketched out here gives you some sense of how the sun entering a new sign actually works. In a nutshell, the tone of our outer world changes, and it reflects a change in the tone of our inner world. We have learned some lessons. Now it's time to learn some different ones. The universe steps in and supports the process, both inside your head and in the realm, in the realm of your so-called random circumstances. Now my progressed son has entered Aries. What a blessing it is to know some astrology. I'm already feeling some of those fiery surges, and I know I need to keep perspective on them. I have no idea about the details of what's next in my life, but at least I understand the underlying principles. For one thing, I know that from now on, for me, courage will be the only cure for fear. The warrior archetype looms. Now, practically, my progressed son will remain in Aries until February 3rd, 2053, when I will be 104 years old. Uh, obviously, from an actuarial perspective, that is on the optimistic side. Very likely, I'll face the ultimate challenge of any warrior while my son is in Aries, the transition that we humans call death. But before that famous chariot swings low for me, I suspect I'll have a few adventures. As synchronicity would have it, this July, with the sun already edging into Aries, I found myself on an Arctic expedition, soaring in a helicopter above the glaciers of Greenland, motoring among, among icebergs an inflatable Zodiac boat. Uh, if you go to the print version of, or the internet version of this newsletter, you see a picture to prove it. The timing of this trip was not planned to coincide with my son crossing into a new sign. It was a gift that a prosperous friend gave Michelle and me, and the timing was all in the hands of our benefactor. Once again, it's a manifestation purely of synchronicity, where the outer world, nothing but a mirror of the inner one. 
Meanwhile, my school, the Forest Center for Evolutionary Astrology, is in its second year now. We've got a lot of students, but also a lot of mouths to feed, tutors and staff, stress again. And there are other worthy astrological schools out there. That spells competition. Another classic Aries word. Ditto for Lila, the astrology app for which I've been writing most of the text lately. Uh, we're not the only cell phone app out there. So once again, we ring the bell with that Aryan word, competition. So, guided by astrology, I now aspire to reach the best of Aries, and I am cautioned about the worst of it. Let me delight in any victories we earn, and may my guardian spirits protect me from delighting in anyone else's losses. Thank you.